Welcome to the Mike and Micah podcast here presented by Legendary Sports Network. Mike is in the building. Mike is in the building. And we have a special guest in with us this episode. It's going to be a very special one. We have, if you've, if you've been on NBA Twitter, you've seen his videos go viral so many times. We have Mr. Lake Showyo on the podcast this week. How are you guys doing this week? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining. Micah, how are you doing this week? I'm good, bro. Hey, thank you for joining, bro. This means a lot. Nah, nah, I appreciate the invite, bro. Let's have some fun with it, you know? Indeed. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with the trade deadline and whatnot, you feel me? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. We got we got a lot to get into. So I want to start off with, personally, actually, you, your fandom as a Lakers fan, because you're a pretty big, you're a pretty big influencer on NBA Twitter. You have about 50-something thousand followers. I know I started seeing your videos go viral from the jokes you would make about the Lakers scenes beforehand when you guys had that era where it was D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, and the Lakers. Lakers weren't doing anything at all. They weren't a, really a good team. And then it, oh, yeah. that transformed into LeBron James coming uh, into the picture and you guys recruiting and all that. So I want to get your opinion on how everything started as becoming a Twitter personality, an NBA Twitter personality, and it building to what it is today. Well, you know, my page, um, it grew. At first, I struggled with it. The reason I actually created my page was, I want to say, probably like 2015 it was. I, my personal page, I would tweet too much about the Lakers. It was Kobe's last season. And a lot of my friends were like, man, your tweets are annoying. All you tweet about is the Lakers and blah, blah, blah. I was like, screw it. You know, I'm going to make a, just a regular NBA page and just tweet. It was really just a live tweet Kobe's last season. That's what it was initially intended for. I didn't have plans for it, none of that. And then... You know, I just gradually grew and grew, and I just tried to, like, make funny content, and, you know, the retweets blew up, and I mean, that and along other stepping stones, that's where my page got to where it is today. You know, that's great hearing about how you really built your brand and everything. You know, you it kind of happened almost by just chance. You know, you wanted to make an NBA Twitter, and here we are now. So uh, let me yeah. ask you about this. Um, how do you feel about uh, LeBron signing to the Lakers? How do you feel about that? Uh, you see, with LeBron signing, that was something like I was super ecstatic about. Before LeBron ever had even contemplated joining the Lakers, I used to hate LeBron. I would always root against him because, you know, people would always pick Kobe versus LeBron. And I was like a big Kobe guy, you know. And that's kind of like a lot of how the Lakers fan base was, I would assume. And so, but once he signed with the Lakers, man, I was so excited. Cause we, it was time for a change. We haven't seen the playoffs in five or so years. It, it's been tough. Wait, so so I know you you like you said you're the biggest you guys are the biggest Kobe fans. Kobe's your goat and everything. So now having to root for LeBron, was it weird? Was it a period where you're like because you, I know you saw the reports that the Lakers were the favorite after the all season like started like the picture started coming into it. Were you like, oh, I actually have to start rooting for LeBron? This this is gonna be this is gonna be super weird because I've always been basically shitting on LeBron my whole career, and now I have to go ahead and <laughs> support a man that I've been trying to. Downplay yeah. his whole career. Yeah, that was like super unusual. Not something I expected. You know, it was like I kind of like had to sit down and reflect. It's like, damn, I've always like hated this guy. I was, like I rooted against him. Like, but man, that's crazy. It just like just in a blink of a moment, you know, breaking news: ESPN, LeBron to the Lakers, four years. I was like, well, well, there's my guy now. <laughs> but you know, like you can't hit on him no more. You took a chance, went to the Lakers. And, you know, it's all love now. I guess you could say he turned me into a witness, right? That's his mantra, his slogan. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I'm a witness, witness. now. Yeah. He, he converted me from a hater to a fan, so. 
But it's 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 always Kobe's go- still Kobe's the goat, right? Man, Kobe's my guy. But you gotta understand, I've been I've been a Lakers fan since I was born. My uncles are diehards. Like I remember. I was born in 96. I remember watching games in 03, like just a little kid, Lakers playoffs. Like those were my earliest memories. Like I grew up watching Kobe my whole life. So it's just, that's just always going to be the guy in LA, you know? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So the season hasn't gone exactly how the Lakers fans and the Lakers organization thought it would be. It's been a lot of problems uh, starting from the beginning of the season. You've had injuries to Lonzo Ball. LeBron James obviously had his big injury. And a lot of the young pieces haven't gotten to that next level that a lot of people would really like them to see. So how do you guys feel about the young pieces that were included in that deal for potentially getting AD? That deal, which included Lonzo Ball, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Zubak, first rounders, and Rajah Rondo. That deal you saw out there, did you think it was too much? Or are you just like, at this point, we need anything for AD? Man, honestly, about that trade, I was so torn. Because a Lakers fan, you know, like, like I condition myself to root for these guys, and I really like the young core. And it was just shocking because I thought, I personally thought the Lakers were offering way too much. But, but I guess the Pelicans thought the other way around. They thought these pieces weren't even valuable enough to trade. Like they didn't want to trade. And Magic somehow deemed uh, Anthony Davis more valuable than like all the other young players combined. So it's just. I don't even know what to think no more, you know? Like, what's y'all opinion on that? Do you guys think Kuzma, like, you guys think that trade would have been one-sided or what? Uh, personally, for me, I thought that the trade, at first I thought the trade was nice with uh, the trade where I believe it was just two players, a couple of picks, and maybe you threw in Rondo there to match salaries. But to trade away your, your whole, your young future, I think Kuzma has the ability to be a very great player in this league. I think Brandon Ingram, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I do believe he has the potential also to still be an all-star caliber player if he keeps progressing the, uh, the way that he currently is. Lonzo Ball, I love him as a point guard. He's also a great defender. So I was like, I could take two out of those two young pieces out of that to go ahead and give to uh, the Pelicans four picks, but to go ahead and throw away your whole core and to build a new with LeBron James and Anthony Davis with no guarantee of getting a third superstar, I had no clue. Uh, what the Lakers were doing there. And I I don't really trust Magic as a GM because I think LeBron was coming to the Lakers whether Magic was there or not. No, I felt the same way about the trade as you did. But, like, I mean, clearly Magic and Rob Linka felt that Anthony Davis would be much better than all those other guys because they were out here taking a leap of faith trying to land him, you know? And both sides, both ownerships, even the Pelicans, they really didn't respond. They So I don't know if it's just because I'm a Lakers fan, I'm overhyping these young players up or not, but... I guess the trade never happened, you know. No, I think you're on a, you know, you're on the right side of things, thinking that it was a little bit too much to give up. Um, like Mike said, that first trade where it was just a few, maybe two young pieces, maybe a draft pick, something else. That's, you know, that's what a superstar market value is. But to trade your whole young core, you know, what if LeBron gets hurt again? What if somehow he develops injury problems? Definitely not probably going to happen. But let's just say, for the argument's sake. Now, who's your young core? Who are you going to play around? AD and who? Backup? A backup I mean, point guard? Like, yeah. this only superstar, and we've seen what his team has done. They finally they got to the playoffs uh, last year and beat the Portland Trailblazers, but that's that's it. They haven't really done anything when AD is the only superstar, and I don't think you can win a championship with just those two pieces there. I, still, I don't know. I don't think it's possible. All right, so speaking yeah. of AD, how do you feel about if they, like, 
do you still feel like they have a good chance to land them maybe in the offseason, maybe through free agency in a couple of years or something like that, or do a trade in the offseason? Honestly, as it pertains to Anthony Davis, man, it's looking real bleak to me. I don't think the Lakers are going to offer that same uh, trade in the offseason. No way. They wanted, they offered it this this uh, trade deadline because they wanted to maximize on another season of LeBron. You know, his seasons are limited at this point. He probably only has like three, four like really high-level ones. And so in the offseason, I don't think that's what was crazy to me because I don't think the Pelicans are going to get the same trade offers. Like maybe the Celtics are going to try to like offer them something. That's not going to be nearly as good as the group that the Lakers just offered because his trade value is just declining at this point. Everyone knows where he wants to go. You know, next year, summer 2020, he wants to go to the Lakers. Like that's just number one on his list. Like it's so obvious. So I don't know. I think the Pelicans really just took a risk or a gamble or something. I don't think it'll pay off, honestly. That's why I wasn't that devastated when they didn't make the trade with the Lakers because I think it'll work out for the best, honestly, in the Lakers' uh, favor. I mean, I tend to agree with that. I feel that at this point, Anthony Davis has made it pretty clear. He threw out some other names to like, yeah, I'll go to the Bucs, but they don't have the assets to trade for Anthony Davis. It's really only the Lakers now and the Boston Celtics. I guess he can go to the Boston Celtics. His dad said he doesn't want to play for them because they weren't loyal to him. But if the Boston Celtics do, at this point, since the burn rights uh, is over, they could keep Kyrie and keep AD and have those two pieces to build on. Maybe that intrigues them to stay longer, maybe want to sign long term. But I do feel that Anthony Davis is going to end up being end up being a Los Angeles Laker. But that's good leads me to my next question of the state of the Lakers right now. Uh, coming off a loss yesterday against the 76ers where the Lakers did not look good at all. Don't really trust Luke Walton's ability to uh, put out good lineups out there. I think that's really hurting the team at this present moment. But what are your expectations now for the Lakers? Where do you see them going for the rest of this season? Honestly, for the rest of the season, I really just have like this glimmer of hope that we're going to get in the playoffs as an eighth seed and somehow beat the Warriors. It's an eight to one underdog, the eighth seed, one seed underdog. I tweeted earlier in the season. I tweeted earlier in the season. I like a month or two ago. I said. uh, Everyone tweet me your NBA hot takes. I said, I have a feeling the the Warriors are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. And that was back when the Lakers were actually like the four seed. Like, you know, we were doing really well with LeBron before he got injured. And so, like, that would be like a weird prophecy come true for me. You know, if the Lakers somehow eliminated the Warriors in the first round. Could you imagine? Uh, I can't imagine it because I, that's where I think your fandom is coming in because <laughs> the way the Lakers look. Yesterday, uh, the way they looked against the Pacers, that Boston Celtics game, they were down big for a while before they were able to get it back, and Rondo had the game win- game winner. But yeah. the way that they've been playing right now, I I don't even see them. I don't see them getting out of the first round because they will have to play maybe a Warriors team or maybe have to play a Houston Rockets or Denver Nuggets team. That's that. I think that's maybe the only thing that they're looking for right now. If they can yeah. get to play like maybe Denver, who is still a very young team. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and they have an ability to be stirred by the moment and having to go against LeBron James. That's best-case scenario. But if they find themselves in their eighth seed, I don't see there's any way they can beat the Warriors. Yeah. I think I think you also have to take into consideration, like, you know, like these are all young players, and they're all being thrown into talks, and, like, they have no consistency. It's just – I think a lot of it's mental, you know? Like, the lineups are different with Lonzo out, you know. I think it's just, like, morale and spirit – I believe that once Lonzo comes back, even though, like, you know, time's running real short right now, there's only, like, 25 or so games to go. But, man, we're, like, two or three games behind the Clippers for that eighth spot, but I think we can do it, you know? what what What's a 
small little five game win streak. You know, that's not much. They can do that. Oh yeah, I definitely think you'll get into the playoffs. I just, I, I don't know if you go anywhere for the eight seed. I, I don't think you definitely don't go anywhere for the eight seed. Yeah, I see Rob Palenka, He just uh, said to the media like earlier this or earlier last week. He said, uh, if I was another team, I would not want to see us in a seven game playoff series. And I still, I, I think he has a point. You know, because LeBron in the playoffs, he always amps it up to a whole different level. I think the players will rally. You know, you got veterans like Tyson. And, you know, playoff Rondo is no joke. Come on. We all saw what happened last season. So, you know, if we see the Nuggets, because the Nuggets right now, I think they're holding on to that one seed still, I believe. Because them and the Warriors, they're neck to ne- neck and neck with each other. So, if we play, I would I would prefer to play the Nuggets first round. Because, you know, as a Lakers fan, I also do hate Jamal Murray with a passion. So, I would love to, <laughs> I would love to beat them in the first round, you know. Um, moving away from you know the playoff talk and everything, what do you feel like there's some uh, off-season moves that the Lakers can make to possibly be the first, second, or third seed going forward? Maybe add some things, add some players for LeBron to really thrive in LA. It's point blank, bro. There's two names, two two targets that we have like on top of the list: KD and Kyrie. If the NBA gods see to it that we get either one or both of those, I think, man, Lakers should be the favorites next year with LeBron and one or if somehow it happens with both. But, you know, that's always like a gamble because KD, he does like playing in Golden State, so you can't really rely on all that stuff. But there's a lot of also free agents that the Lakers can pick up this offseason. You know, a lot of names like, um, I would say Trevor Reza, you know, uh, Kemba Walker's a free agent too, Clay. Uh, Danny Green and like I don't know like a shooter like JJ Redick I believe he's set to be a free agent this summer too just a lot of signings you know just sell players on the chance of playing with LeBron and he'll make you guys a lot better and compete for a championship it's just it's just a new uh, it's a new atmosphere with Magic in LA like a lot of players like gravitate towards him like you know he's very charismatic you got Ben Simmons talking about he wants to train with him this offseason I think Magic can make some moves. I'm optimistic about that. Well, you're talking about the moves that he makes. Do you think that those moves are actually going to happen? Do you think they're going to be able to get the two superstars this uh, offseason and maybe being able to pair them with still those young pieces and move on from potentially maybe going to AD? Or do you think that it's going to be a struggle to try and get maybe another superstar in? Because I know Katie said that he came out earliest uh, in the season. He didn't like, really want to play uh, for LeBron, like play with LeBron. Kawhi, there were reports that he would rather go to the Clippers and the Lakers. So how realistic do you think that opportunity is? Yeah, the KD comments are always like, I, I think Kevin Durant's just super unpredictable. Like, you know, he doesn't talk to the media, so like no one really knows what he wants to do. But the Kyrie, he just recently said he doesn't owe anybody. I mean, excuse my profanity. You know, he said he doesn't excuse anybody. He doesn't owe anybody shit. So, and when you contrast that to a few months ago when he said I'll be back if you guys have me and he was so in love with Boston and now you got players like Marcus Morris talking about it hasn't been fun playing for the Celtics for a while now I think Kyrie his like whole mood changed I think he wants to go to either the New York Knicks or the Lakers and I hope somehow someone can sway him to go rejoin LeBron I think that's I think that's probably that's probably the realest possibility. With yeah, I think that, that's definitely more likely in my opinion than KD because you know if the Warriors win a championship again this year because they're the favorites, I don't see how KD can just walk away from all that. You know. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And do you think that LeBron is going to be able to win a championship for the Lakers? Because I don't know. Right now, the way that it looks, it looks very very shaky. But 
we do have another three three full seasons. Do you think their championship is going to be had for the Lakers in those three years? See, that's a tough question because it's really not even about LeBron. Like he's so consistent; he's the best player in the world, right? It's just it's all about the pieces that the the ownership can put around him. If if free agency, like we we hit big in free agency and we land either Kyrie or say Kawhi or Kevin Durant, I think yeah, we have a great chance of winning a championship in the next upcoming couple seasons with LeBron. I mean, I don't see why not. He hasn't really regressed too much. Just the injury bug. That's the only thing that scared me because he's never had an injury before. You know, this is the most games he's ever missed out in his career. Yeah. Do you trust? Do you trust Luke Walton? Oh, <laughs> Luke. Yeah, good old Fluke Walton. That's what I get. I mentioned that's why everyone everyone's like hashtag fire Luke. It varies game to game. A lot of his rotations are weird. And just I don't know. I don't know if they'll survive the season. But Luke. It just depends on like who, like which coaches are available. Like even if you fired Luke, who would you, who would become the coach? Would it be like the Lakers assistant coach? I mean, would that be a big difference? I've always liked uh, Mark Jackson with the Warriors. That's, that's where I was going. Yeah, that's just one guy I really liked. Just maybe from his uh, commentary on TNT or whatever it is, I've just always radiated towards him. Like I like his energy, and he's like he just seems like a cool players coach, you know. But that's what they said about Luke, and you know it's not going so well right now. Yeah, I definitely I, I agree there. I think Luke Walton is I think he's a problem. I think he has to go. Yesterday I was in my group chat texting my friends. The Lakers were down by I believe six six to eight points at the end of the third quarter with two minutes left. He, he decides to LeBron. LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma and yeah. the Sixers push it up to a double digit lead, and that's how the game was lost. I think any coach. Any other coach almost in the NBA would have realized that situation was uh, very pivotal with having Joel Embiid still in the game. And you still would put at least either Kyle Kuzma, who's had the hot hand in the game, or keep LeBron James, the best player in the world. But I want to end on this final question. We've gone, I've gone back and forth with my friends about this. I know this is very a very polarizing uh, issue when it comes to Lakers fans, but Brandon Ingram. What are you? What's your evaluation on him? Is he is he going to be a good player? Is he a great player? Is he a bust? Well, like where exactly does Brandon Ingram stand right now with the Lakers fans? Uh, Bi. So Bi, like if you've watched him the last three or so seasons, he just like his first season was incredibly frustrating because you just wanted so much. But he's also very young, and this season he's he's been putting up some really good games. He's just. It's just uh, off-putting because he's so inconsistent. That's the only thing. He'll give you games where he scores like 26, and the next game he'll have like eight points, you know? I just think he needs to get a lot stronger. That's what it is. Every time he attacks a basket, he ends up fading away. I was watching him play the – he was playing the, the Sixers like a couple weeks ago, and he was fading on J.J. Redick. I just wish he would attack more. I think that's all it comes down to. He, he's just – his skill set's so nice. He just needs to be more aggressive and a lot stronger. He's too – He's too skinny right now. He needs to bulk up a little, and I think he'll be a lot better. But I like Brandon Ingram. You know, a lot of – in my mentions, a lot you get people comparing him to uh, Kyle Kuzma, and they say Kuzma's better. And I think they're both, like, really good players. It's just Kuzma is a couple years older than him, and he's a lot more seasoned, and that's why a lot of people like Kuzma better. But I think Ingram still has a bright future. I mean, he's really only 21. Like, So if you had to keep one, Kuzma or Brandon Ingram, who are you keeping? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, if I had to rank the players between Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram, I would say the best. Or not, I don't know if it's the best player. The player I would want to keep. I think I would want to keep Brandon Ingram. 
And the second, I would probably want to keep uh, Lonzo Ball just because he's a great defender. Like that's he's so slept on his defense. Lonzo Ball is such a great defender. And third, I would say Kyle Kuzma. Even though I love Kyle Kuzma, and, like he might be my favorite. He just his defense is a little lacking. But man, he's such a high volume scorer. It just really reminds me of Kobe. Honestly, once he gets on fire, I mean, he had twenty three points in the first quarter yesterday. It's so exciting to watch. Yeah, I I, I would uh I think my my list would be a little bit different. I think I would go Lonzo first because for for the defense. Then Kuzma. Yeah. I, I'm not as big on Brandon Ingram. I've in previous podcasts we debated um, Brandon Ingram before. So <laughs> I, I think, think that, I think Kuzma overall is the best player right now. But like two years down the line, if Lonzo becomes a lot, if he develops a consistent jump shot and becomes stronger, I think Lonzo has he has the best potential in Ingram. I think it just seems like Kuzma's ceiling is not as high. But you know, it's just interesting. That's what that's why it's so fun to be part of Lakers Twitter because all these arguments and debates because no one knows for sure, you know. Yeah, it's definitely it's not, bla- definitely it's not very black exciting. and white. Um, no, nah, I'm good. I think I've heard everything I wanted to hear. I, you know, hearing this and kind of just getting a different perspective on maybe the most polarizing team in the NBA is just good, just because you know we're not local media in LA. We're not guys that can really tap into what's really going on out there. So it's good to have more uh, perspectives on. Like I said, the most polarizing team in the game with the most polarizing player. Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, Micah, as DC fans, we're we're tapped into the Wizards media. We know everything that every in and out of the Wizards uh, timeline. We know who's playing. We know who's cu- getting called up from the G League or whatever. But it it is good to get a different perspective on the Lakers and how exactly they're coming together. But before we leave, I want you to plug your Twitter again. If you have anything else you wanna uh, you wanna get out there, this is your time now. So the floor is yours. Uh, I guess I was just saying, you know, follow me on Twitter. Yeah, at Lake Show, yo. And I'm trying to grow my YouTube page. So if you want to be one of my first subscribers on YouTube, I would appreciate that. Also at Lake Show, yo. And uh, I just want to say it was really fun joining this podcast. You know, my first my first one ever. I got a lot of invites, but it's just I've never really taken the initiative to join one. And it's fun. I'm looking forward to doing more. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully hopefully we can get you on more times this uh, during this season. Maybe get... If you guys make it to the playoffs, get you on for a quick Lakers playoff preview. But we'll be back. We'll hit a quick commercial break. And then we'll be back with the regular squad of Micah, uh, Mike, LQ, and N. You're listening to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports. Welcome back from commercial here on the Micah Micah podcast. We have Ant on with us. So, guys, Micah, we were talking to Lake Showyo earlier. And he had his rank of three players that he would be taking in order. He went with Brandon Ingram, number one. He went with Lonzo Ball, number two. And then he finished off with Kyle Kuzma. We had our little discussion back and forth, but we had to have a quick interview with him. So I want to go more in depth on this. So I want to get you guys points first. And since you're joining us now, in your order of ranking players, you have to start a team. What is your order for getting these Lakers young uh, players? Um, if I had to start a team, I will go with Lonzo first just because he will be the stability of the point card position and he makes uh, everyone better on the team. Two, I'll take Kyle Kuzma. He's just a bona fide scorer. He's just always looking for his shot. No matter if he's one for 10, 10 for 10, he's always looking to score the ball. And Brandon Ingram, I'm going to go third. Um, His game it's kind of old school. He does a lot of pick and roll, mid range. Uh, he definitely can score and play make, but I'd rather have Lonzo and Kuzma over him. 
Mike, I don't think we got your three. Uh, who, in what order would you take those young players? Yeah, so at my one, I'm taking Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Lake showed at a good point that he, you know, some aspects of his game remind him of Kobe. Obviously, not the Kobe side of things, the mama mentality stuff, but the way he scores, the range that he can score inside, outside, mid range. Um, you know, he's a very polished offensive player. And I just think if I was to start a team, let's say any type of team, I would want that. Um, second, Lonzo, obviously, probably the most complete player out of the three. Um, offense, you know, he they said out, coming out of school that he reminded him a lot of Jason Kidd. I think one thing that he has the edge over Jason Kidd, not necessarily steals, but just defense overall. Um, you know, he's probably a first-team all-defensive kind of guy, which is a lot for his second year, really just playing. So, um, yeah, I'll take Lonzo at two and three. B.I. Now, I said a lot about Brandon Ingram. Is he is he terrible? No, I don't. Not as high as him as Lake Show was. Um, he had him as one, but I think in the right place he could probably be a great player, or excuse me, a good player. But it's you know the Lakers is not it. So um, yeah, that's my three. Yeah, for me, I went with I. I actually agreed with Ann. I went with Lonzo first because of how good he is on defense. I do think that offense is something that. You can improve on, as we've seen with other point guards throughout his, uh, throughout history. Jason Kidd came in and he could not shoot, but he's now a uh, leader in three-point shooting. He has the assist numbers. He has the defense. I think if you're building a franchise, I think I want to start with Lonzo. I like Kyle Kuzma at two, obviously. I think that he's a bona fide scorer. He has the ability to create his own shot. He has that type of mentality that, like you said, Ant, one for 10 or 10 for 10, he's going to keep on shooting. And I think that's very important to have if you're building a team. And then third, I'll go Brandon Ingram. I am not as down as I was on Brandon Ingram after this interview with uh, Lake Show. He did kind of say things that uh, added to why Brandon Ingram is struggling and how he just needs to become consistent. Because he did say there'll be one game you'll get 20-something points, but the next game you get eight points. So once he can get that consistency down, I think maybe he can move in front of Kyle Kuzma. But for right now, I think I go Lonzo. Ingram and Kuzma. But like we're joined by LQ. So LQ, I'm going to start with our the question that we went with before. Out of the Lakers' young core, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, you have to pick. You have to draft a team. Who are you taking, and in what order? The order that I found first, I would pick, of course, Brandon Ingram. Uh, second, <laughs> Kuzma, and third would be uh, Lonzo Ball. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Ingram won? Sound like Lakeshore. Brandon Ingram won. Why? Brandon Ingram at one because I have that versatile wing that I could put at any position, one through four. Um, defensively, he can check any position, uh, one through five, except for uh, a little bit in the post. Um, Kuzma at two is when he's having an off game, there's not really much that he could do outside of shooting. His defense is pretty legit from time to time. But as far as consistently playing at a level where he's averaging maybe 23 points in a three-game stretch, he's not that consistently. When LeBron was out, he had that, uh, what was it, the 40, what, 48-point game? Yeah, something crazy. Something like that. But 
the next game he had maybe about 16. I know you're getting the same inconsistency out of uh, Brandon Ingram, but at least he's giving you that defense and affecting the game. And other um, Lonzo Ball at three, just kind just, of uh, – I mean, just out of the process of elimination, kind of. I would hate to put Lonzo at three because he's definitely giving you everything on both sides of the ball, but it's kind of the luck of the – But if you're talking about defensively, and Lonzo Ball is a better defense – defensive player than Brandon Ingram. Yes, Lonzo Ball's offense isn't up to par as Brandon Ingram or Cal Kuzma, but that is something that can be developed and throughout his NBA career. If you want somebody to start your franchise as a point guard, as a facilitator, and who can – I mean, in college he was, he was pretty decent at shooting threes. I don't know what's going on with the Lakers now, but if you're starting your franchise, to take Cal Kuzma over Lonzo Ball, to take Brandon Ingram, I, I mean, I don't know – I, I just don't see what like what is the draw for Brandon. So Ingram. I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. So how many point guards can you name that can lead a franchise? Maybe 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 three off the top of my head. It's not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. And um, how many wings? Not a so lot. Would you would you say would you say it's more? That you can start a franchise around, then it would uh, be like, sh- I would that uh, twos and centers are probably more or less where I look. But I mean, I mean the only wings you probably could start a franchise with is KD, LeBron, Kawhi, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi, yeah. If you point guard, you know, like back in the day, you could take a Rondo because in his prime, CP. you could you could you know you could start a franchise with them because they going. They going up and down the court. They playing defense. They facilitating on offense. You know? I mean, I guess if you if you want a you know a concrete answer, if you want three for each, uh, Steph, maybe maybe CP three. I mean, CP three uh, and it's prime healthy. Yeah, you definitely. Could. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not gonna like me, but I say John Wall, but Kyrie, I mean, at, at Kyrie, point, yeah, Kyrie. At this point, I feel like it's kind of based on preference. Like, I would rather start my team with a, you know what I'm saying, with a solid wing rather than a point guard because I feel like I can find a point guard before I can find a solid wing. I respect I mean, that, bro, because I would start my team with PG, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. The PG versus Harden start your team debate. We had that in our group chat earlier in the week. And uh, Ant went with Harden, of course. Michael went with PG. They went up. They went up head-to-head. It was a great matchup. PG came out on top. You um, hear me? I mean, it was it was a pretty good game, but I think it shows how close that argument probably actually is because Russ was doing everything to lose that game for OKC, and Harden didn't have much help from CP3 either, so we got the seats. But we've seen what Paul George can do with the team, with his own team. Yeah, I think second I think- round. Like, now he made to he went to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Pacers. Oh, yeah, one time. Hey, that's fine. That's, that's fine with me. Got one. Everybody gets one, you know. But now I think just going back to that, I think I can kind of see why Ant would definitely take Harden, just because I mean, like you said, there's a lot of factors with the Rockets and what he does. And the fact that they really not helping him at all and he's still doing what he's doing and they're competitive is it's a lot. Personally, I just like what PG's doing with the Thunder. Um, 
think it was last 11 games they have. Well, it's a good amount of victories. I think they won like 90% of their games or something like that. He's putting a good stat. So, hey, I'm a PG guy. He's a hard guy. Life goes. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep watching that. Uh, I'm still I'm still stuck on uh, still stuck on this Brandon Ingram one. But that's enough Lakers talk for this episode. We're gonna move on to the NBA all uh, NBA trade deadline that happened uh, last week Thursday. We saw a lot of pieces moving, especially in the Eastern Conference top teams. So I want to get you guys rankings on the top teams in the East right now. Where would you rank the Eastern Conference powerhouses? Powerhouses being the Bucks. The Celtics, the Sixers, and the Raptors in that order. I'll start with you, Ant. Number one, I'll take the 76ers. Number two, I'll take the Toronto Raptors. Number three will be the Milwaukee Bucks. And four, I'm going to take the Boston Celtics. I like how that trade for the 76ers, their starting lineup in the whole NBA is second to the Warriors. Um. Tobias Harris is a bona fide scorer, pick and roll, shoot the three, get to the rack. He does it all. Um, I like the Toronto trade with Marcus Gasol. They already had, you know, Kyle Lowry and uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think the a very sneaky pickup today, they got Jeremy Lin. You know, he's not a big household name, but for him to run the backup point guard position is pretty cool. Um, three, I'm going to take the Bucks because I like Giannis. Chris Middleton's an all-star, but I don't think nobody else on their team can really take over a game if you really need them to. Uh, Miritich is a very good shooter, but I don't really think he can put the ball on the ground and create his own shot. And four, I'm going to take the Celtics. They probably have the most talent out of everybody, but it just seems that I think Kyrie is kind of messing up the flow with the team. So I don't even think they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Michael? Yeah, and just to bounce off that, um, I think what's clear what happened at the trade deadline was that two teams made a very big push. One team made a decent move, and one team just flat out just dropped the ball. Uh, if I can go bottom to top, let's change it up. Uh, four, I'll take the Celtics. Um, you know, they really I feel like they're the team that really dropped the ball this trade deadline. Um, not just because they didn't make the moves they needed to make, but it seems like their team is falling apart right at the worst time. Hopefully the All-Star break will give them some juice to finish the season high. But I think this little stretch on one, uh, we're kind of seeing the true side of how um, Brad Stevens teams are run and everything. I don't think they keep Kyrie in the offseason. Um, I think kind of going back, they should have did something with their young core after last season, you know, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with that young core. Probably could have got some assets or something, really just something for them to help Kyrie out and make him stay. Um, we asked some size points. Uh, Celtics at four. At three, I have to go with the Bucks. Now, I love Giannis, and much to the reason, like Ant said, you can like Giannis, you can like what Chris Middleton is doing. Heck, I, I like Eric Glusso a little bit more than some other people do, but they're not a team that's situated around, okay, if my two stars are down or my star is down, who can pick me up? You know, they're not that. It's just they're not that. They're very Giannis-dependent, and I think they'll live and die by that. Um, by two, I'm going to have to take the Sixers. Now, I love what they did getting Tobias Harris. Getting Boban off the bench isn't bad either. But I love what they did getting Tobias Harris. Ant made a good point. Um, they had they rival the Warriors as far as starting five lineups go. But I you know, I just have to see how it works. I don't think necessarily them being two makes them not championship favors or coming out the East. 
I just think that what the Raptors are doing and what Kawhi is doing and what he will be doing when it gets around that time is so much better than what the Sixers have now. Of course, if you go match with the matchup, the Sixers probably win. But I like how Kawhi has been there before in finals, in deep playoff runs. I like that <clears throat> picking up Marcus Gasol is a pretty big thing in my eyes now. He's not the same Marcus Gasol for, let's say, five years ago, even his um, defensive player of the year year. But I think he contributes well to that team, and they can make a push for the finals. So uh, going one through four is the Raptors, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. I don't know. I think you guys are kind of underestimating the Celtics and kind of giving them uh, just because they didn't really do anything. And there there have been issues with the Celtics. Marcus Morris came out and said that they're not playing with intensity. It's not fun to play right now the way that the team is playing. I do believe that the Celtics are still mm, probably number two in the East for me just because when it comes to the playoffs, it's about your starting five and that six man off the bench. Everybody on that team is playoff tested, went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, uh, had an opportunity to play against uh, one of the, the greatest players of all time in LeBron James. And I think by adding Kyrie, I know Gordon Hayward isn't back yet, but he's been to the playoffs too. I, I think that they could still be that number two team. Right now, are they the number two team? I I don't think so. But if I had to rank teams that I believe for going to the Easter Conference Finals and potentially to the finals, right now my four would probably probably be the Toronto Raptors. I am not big on the Marcus Gasol trade as other people I think Jonas Valanciunas is pretty similar. Marcus Hall has the three-point ability and maybe help stretch the floor a little bit more. But the way that Kyle Lowry has been playing, Kawhi Leonard is a great player. I don't know if they can do it by himself. We saw it last year against the Cavs. I don't know if, if Kawhi is going to be able to do it by himself. And Lowry, year in and year out, almost always chokes in the playoffs. So I'm going with the Raptors at four. At number three, I'm going to put the Bucks. I think the Bucks are... A very good team. I love the addition of Meritich. I think that uh, he helped space the floor, and that's something they really needed. Thon Maker was a decent player, but not to the level of Meritich. And he said himself, Meritich, that he plays better in the playoff months, and we saw it last year with the Pelicans. So I really like that there. But I do believe they need one more one more player to be able to go off Giannis. If Giannis is having an off game in a series, somebody to depend on. Could it be Chris Middleton? Maybe. Could it be Eric Bledsoe? Maybe. But you don't really have that. Somebody that's definitive to take you there. Number two, I like the Boston Celtics. It's it's because of Kyrie Irving. I, Kyrie Irving has proven time and time to when the biggest games are on, he's going to perform. We saw it against the uh, against the Warriors when he was on the Cavs. We saw this year Warriors-Celtics game. The Celtics did not win that game, but he showed up big. We watched it personally, Michael, with uh, the Celtics-Wishes game where he just kept hitting shots in John Wall's face, and there was mm-hmm. nothing that you can do about it. So I think even though they have their problems now, Kyrie may be hurt day to day. I still think the Celtics are number two. But at number one, what the Sixers did was a win-now move, and I loved it for uh, Elton Brand and his squad. Basically, from one through five, Ben Simmons offensively, you can't really respect him, but his assisting, he's able to get almost everybody a shot. You can't really double-team anybody because you're not doubling uh, Embiid and leaving J.J. Redick open. Tobias can take anybody off the dribble. You have so many good players on that team that I believe that the Sixers right now are the team to beat. We saw them against the Lakers. Uh, we saw them against Utah, and they have a lot of depth. Mike Scott is a really good player coming uh, off the bench. Jonathan Simmons has had a down year with the Magic. I think he could come off the bench and produce. Boban is virtually, if he gets the ball in his position, he's going to score. He doesn't get it often because he doesn't really know how to handle the ball and make moves, but he gets close enough to the basket. 
it's a dumping for him there. I think they have enough pieces coming off the bench that the Sixers are the best team uh, in the East, and I do believe that's a team that will be coming out of the Easter Conference Finals. And my Easter Conference Finals, personally, is going to be Sixers versus Celtics. But it looks like you on who's the best team in the East right now. Um, I agree 100% with your rankings. I would probably just say that I would probably prefer Boston over Philly in the seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, because Boston is kind of battle-tested, like everything you said that happened last year with LeBron and the Cavs and that kind of thing and their experience factor. Things like this that are happening in the regular season are, you know, problems that will be going on for the next couple of games and then they'll blow somebody out and everything will be normal again. So I feel like they're more prime for the postseason. We'll see how that goes in April and May. Yeah, I I definitely, definitely agree with uh, that statement. Like you said, I, I could see how you put Boston number one just because of how battle-tested that uh, they are. And they were in that situation last year. The Sixers and the Celtics played last year and the Sixers uh, Celtics took care of that pretty easily, so I could definitely get with uh, that argument. Quickly, I want to move over to the West. We have uh, we have right now Golden State, Denver, Houston, OKC as those like top four teams. I maybe you could throw in the Lakers if you want to. I don't really think they're a real option this year, but want to go roundtable again on top four in that in the Western Conference. Um. So, yeah, I'll take it first. Um, I definitely think the Warriors are unanimous one. I mean, they're one right now. Regardless of what happens with the Nuggets, if they, they can win every game, I think the Warriors will match them, honestly. It's just, you know, with those five on the floor, five all-stars, it's, not, it's really not much you can do. Um, for my two, I actually have the Thunder get into that two seat. Uh, we're just going by uh, one through four, of course. I have the Thunder as my second team. Um, Like I said, I'm big on what PG's doing. I feel like he's – Making a good run at Harden's MPV, uh, excuse me, MVP uh, candidacy. You know they're producing at the best time. They're only a game back, so it's just like if they keep on this path, they're a pretty good chance. Or excuse me, not a game back. They're a game back in uh, from the Nuggets in the division. They're about four games back from the Warriors, but I think they can close the ground a little bit. Um, for my three, I have the Nuggets. Um, a very well put together team. Jokic is having a sneaky, very sneaky All NBA season. Um, he's doing whatever he has to do on the court to get them the victory. Uh, they have good guys around them. I like what they're doing a lot. And for my four, which is a little I actually have the Rockets. Um, Harden is going to do what Harden does. He's averaging a boatload of points, and they're, you know, they're winning the games when they can. Uh, they might lose a game here and there, but until everybody gets back healthy, uh, they got to do what they got to do. I definitely think when everybody comes back healthy, probably after the uh, All Star break or a little bit after, they want to go on a little run where they solidify that spot in the playoffs. But yeah. Well, number one, of course, the Golden State. They're going to keep winning championships until KD leave. Um, and I don't really have to say too much about them. Yeah. Number two, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think they're probably one of the most well-put-together teams in the league, uh, one through five, even their bench. Isaiah Thomas hasn't played yet. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played yet. Um, they did – Golden State did go up there and I think beat them by 40. But I think that was just a little – I think that was just a little wake-up call. To, a little taste. You know, how, how for real it is. But 
Um, Jokic is having a – he won't win MVP, but he'll be in the top five discussion for it. Definitely, bro. Uh, number three, right now, is going to be the Thunder. Uh, they're playing better basketball than the Rockets right now. Uh, they have better weapons around Paul George and Westbrook. And number four is the Rockets, sadly. Harden is we living and dying by him. But once Capella gets back and Chris Paul finds his rhythm, I think we'll be fine. Hey, so let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a way, if everybody gets back healthy, the Rockets make a run for the Western Conference Finals? Um, I think so, only because we did it last year. I mean, if Chris, I really believe if Chris Paul don't get hurt. You guys are going to be a champion last year. We, we win yeah. that finals because we, we what, missed 27 straight threes, and we still only lost by single digits. So if we even hit three or four, then we win the game. Yeah. So it's all – and I think uh, – you know, Iman Shumper is not a household name, but I think he'll be good for the team. And I've seen the report that we're interested in uh, Markeith Morris. So that'll be a That's good pickup. That's too, a great pickup. We can get him. So, yeah, I think they, I think we can. All right. Oh, Q. Um, at number one, of course, we got to go with the Golden State Warriors. Like everyone said, that's pretty much unanimous. And I agree with Ant's point with uh, they're just going to keep winning championships until Kevin Durant leaves. Um, at two, I'm probably going to have to agree with Micah and go with the, uh, the Thunder, man. They're playing some pretty good basketball right now on both sides. Um, Dennis Schroeder is actually going off. Yeah. Um, the other game when he came off the bench and dropped, I think, 17 in the third quarter was insane. So, um, got to watch out for them. At three, I'm going to have to go with the Portland Trailblazers. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shout out Dan. Um, I love my boy quietly Dan, playing sheesh. some pretty good basketball over there. Um, I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but on this last stretch they've been going on in the All-Star break, they've won, I want to say, seven out of the last eight by an average of – 12 points. Mm. So um just watch out for them. That's pretty sneaky. And uh let's let's take the Rockets at four. All right. I, I think I think my list there's gonna be a lot of feedback on this one, but obviously Warriors are number one. Number two, I have OKC. Thunder up. Number three uh number three I have the Houston Rockets, and number four I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, look, look, look. you got you got to hear me out here. Let me. When LeBron was completely healthy, Lonzo was healthy, Brandon Ingram was healthy. Every, the Lakers team did not have a problem with it. They were at the number four or five seed. I truly believe that if the Lakers go ahead, like like Lake Show uh, Yo said, if they get sneak into that seven or eight seed, and the wh- wherever Denver is, if they can match up with Denver in the first round, I believe they beat Denver. I don't think LeBron is going to lose to Jokic and Jamal Murray if he has a healthy Lonzo Ball bringing Ingram and Kyle Kuzma as a supporting cast. We've, we've seen playoff Rondo last year. He's going to, going to be back again this year. Um, they have experienced bigs like JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler. I love Denver. They're a great team, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. Having playoff experience is very, very important, and I think that I'm not going to bet against LeBron. I don't think he gets anywhere past the first round if he – is in that 7-18 because I don't see him beating the OKC. I don't see him beating the Rockets, and he's definitely not beating the Warriors. But 
if he can get a matchup with the Denver Nuggets, I like LeBron and the Lakers over those Nuggets. That's the only way I could possibly not. Yeah, I'm glad you you know put a little bit of a uh, terms on that, really, because I think that's the only way he even gets past round two this year. I definitely think he gets he sneaks into a playoff spot. Hopefully, he doesn't fall into the eighth spot because we want to see much of what we saw last year in the finals, where it's just Bron versus everybody. Personally, that's just what I think is going to happen. Um, I think a matchup against the Nuggets does get them a win. Any team else, I don't think they beat the Thunder. Like you said, I don't think they really beat anywhere else. So I could definitely see your thinking on that. But I can't – nah, I, I can't put them at four. This is all This is all that's going through my head right now. I like them better than, like, Utah, San Antonio. And I even like them over the Trailblazers. I just think the Trailblazers, they're missing a wing player. Like, they, they have everything else but a wing. Trailblazers are the Atlanta Hawks of six, seven years ago. They're a pretty consistent team. Maybe they'll make one Western Conference Finals, but they're not. They're not going to do. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to be real competitors anytime soon. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. They just—they're too good to get a lottery pick, and they're—you know what I'm saying? They're just yeah. in the middle. They're, it's they're purgatory, bro. It's purgatory. Yeah, the wor- the worst pur- purgatory to be in, where they're always going to get that. 19th, 20th pick in the draft. He's going to be an all right player, but he's never going to be that that, that game guy, changer. Yeah. And no, no free agent really wants to come to Portland and play for the Trailblazers. So I actually think they up. should get Melo. That would be good for him. I think I think that's one of the few spots he can go to and play his game. Do you guys think? Uh, do you think uh, Melo is definitely going to be on the Lakers, or do you think another sneaky team is going to get in there? Man, I don't think Melo should go to the Lakers only because he's going to be fighting. Like, that's taken away from Kuzma's and Brandon Ingram's minutes. And they just got Mike Muscala. He's not a big household name, but he shoots the three. Yeah, he shoots the three. He doesn't really need the ball. So I just think that's just going to take away Kuzma's and Ingram's and Muscala's minutes. I know he has the connection with LeBron, but other than that, if LeBron wasn't on the Lakers, nobody would even, you know, Melo wouldn't even be a thought in L.A. I wish Melo had adopted the mindset of, okay, maybe I need to be an actual bench player and not take too many shots when he was with the Thunder. Because I think that would be a great spot for him if he could just learn to adapt. You know, when he was there at the time, he was there. It was Melo was still trying to be Mr. 20-point scorer a game. He was really just inefficient and bad. But I think if he had a new outlook, he would be fine on the Thunder. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Big shout out to at Lake Show Yo for hopping on the podcast this week. Go follow us on Twitter at LE underscore underscore sports to get updates on our podcast whenever we're posting or if we put out a poll out for our personalities on the show. You can follow me at PSO Mike 74, Micah at the Micah Primetime at Primetime Ant. And for LQ, you can follow him at LQ300. Peace. <laughs>